TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and I've got a massive smile on my face because Australia's number one wellness expert is about to turn 50. It's a very big welcome to the birthday boy, raise the bat, Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you, brother? Oh, Piercy, thank you so much. It doesn't seem that long ago when we were celebrating your 40th and here we are at 550. Thank you for the wishes and uh, my goodness, what a decade it's been, PC. You've been with me for this whole decade. Well, it's, the whole a very, decade. it's a very poignant episode, this one, because the whole uh, birth of 100 Not Out um, began when I called you one day and said, do you want to do a podcast on aging well and longevity? And you said, well, PC, I'm 39, about to turn 40 and little bit tense about the idea this is yeah. incredible that 10 years later here we are and yeah. it's it's a part of your uh, hesitations at the word but and i'd love to explore this with you over the next uh 20 minutes or so but if you weren't feeling that way 10 years ago we may not be here recording this podcast today i oh, know it's amazing isn't it but you know 10 years ago um, when we were doing podcasts, there wasn't a lot of podcasts in the marketplace. So it felt like a really good, easy um, platform for us to kind of get into, tow in and uh, and see how we go. Obviously, we come off the success of the wellness guys. You've been doing Inside Champion's Mind. So there was a whole, we had stuff that was kind of going and it was an easy kind of thing to kind of enter into. But I'll tell you what, like if I was turning 40 right now, I would think, why would I want to do a podcast right now with such a congested marketplace? So, you know, it's I'm grateful to you that we decided that you helped us decide to do that back then, a decade ago, back when podcasts weren't that trendy, back when they were a bit dorky uh, and a little bit daggy. Well, daggy. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Damo's referring to someone who called us daggy and he's just and never dorky. forgotten it. Before Ever. I start reflecting with you, I'd love to know um, how does it feel? Now, when this episode comes out, you'll be 50 and one day. Yeah. And I have the great privilege of waking up in your house on your 50th birthday, having stayed the night at yours on the night of your 50th birthday party, which is very exciting. And that's just to come in a few days' time. But right now, for the listeners, either speak in the present or 50 and one day, how does it hmm. feel? to be about to raise the bat 50 years young? Well, it kind of feels pretty good. Um, you know, the, the decades had ups and downs, hasn't it? Like it's been a really challenging 10 years, you know, lots of highs, plenty of lows. Um, and, but I feel like I feel really good about turning 50. I didn't feel good about turning 40. I was a bit concerned about it. Um, it was kind of like your late thirties are kind of, uh, well, it wasn't really that exciting. Um, but all through my forties has been, you know, I've, I've been feeling pretty good, you know, apart from having COVID a few times, it's been times. a really good, <laughs> been a good fit, like physically a good decade. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and just not just looking at you, but obviously hanging around you enough and just seeing, um, 
seeing you do your thing. And just before your 50th birthday, you hit 75 off the stick at Kingston Heath. And it's like, you are in some of the best nick of your life. But I would love to know, despite all of that and how well you are doing, um, living the 100 not out lifestyle, have you had people go, oh, Damo, 50, it's all downhill from there. You're over the hill at 50. Have you had much stinking thinking from society around the yeah. number that ends with a zero and and have you um yeah how have you had it nah no one said it's all downhill actually most people have said oh 50 is really good like 50 is the new 40 you know most people have kind of felt good about 50 no one's i reckon there's more fear and trepidation hesitation approaching 40 than there is 50 um, and then when I look at people that are approaching 60 I go wow gee you're looking really good or you've done a really good job or whatever it is so I kind of feel like once you get through that nervousness of leaving your junior years, and I'd say your 40s kind of signals the leaving of your junior years, and that's a hard bit of pill to swallow. Um, and then you move into 50 and you kind of go, oh, I'm approaching senior years and I don't feel like it. You know, like I can't it's, I can't imagine that my next big birthday after this one is 60. Like that's such a weird thing because I still feel – 20 something um maybe 30 if you know on a you know on a tough morning but i like i just generally i still feel pretty good you know so it's a weird feeling thinking that jeepers my next big one after this one is 60 that's a weird feeling but i feel good at 50 yeah i love that i know and actually now that you say that that's a really good point about 40 in many ways for a lot of people um and and they might some people may even say 30 but 40 almost feels like a, a very definite end of youth and an entry into midlife. And so that by the time you're at 50, you've got your midlife mojo, so to speak, and you're enjoying it and any hangups that you had, you probably got rid of in this last decade. And, and like you said, even socially, you're not sensing a lot of negativity around turning 50 and so on. Um, mm. uh, there might be less self-esteem around turning 60 because people might see that as an entry into their oldies and um, and the rest. But what you're saying is that there was more tension around 40 uh, than there is around 50 in your yeah. world, which is, which yeah. is cool. What about, um, you know, this is a really big and almost vague question, but if you, if you were having a beer or a cup of tea with your uh, 40-year-old self who was, you know, a little bit nervous in arriving there um, and you're literally – um, you are arriving at 50 full of enthusiasm and vibrancy. Like what would you say to the, um, you know, the more tense 40-year-old that's going shivers, I've arrived here and I'm not too sure about it? <laughs> um, oh, there, there's probably quite a few things that I'd say. I'd say uh, the first thing I would do is um, arrive, I'd say get to feeling calm faster, uh-huh, you know, like uh-huh. so get out of that frantic pace of life because I reckon – that persistent stress that you find when you're chasing your tail in your early 40s, late 30s, early 40s, um, where you're really trying to work super hard to make things work and click. Um, I, I wish I had I had learned to stay in my lane and and manage success with what it was that I was already good at, rather than trying to find something else that I could be good at. You know, so. I reckon had I put my head down, bum up, and worked hard as a chiropractor only as opposed to trying to start a muesli business and do all those sorts of things, um, then 
I, I probably I probably would have not burned out my body as much. So I reckon that's that's a bit of a lesson. Um, I think the other thing that I would say is um, spend less on smashed avocado and poached eggs. Like I would, <laughs> I would definitely say that for sure. <laughs> like You're I, I definitely daily lunches surely. Well, I wouldn't give it the daily lunches, but I would I would have cooked breakfast more at home. I would have had more breakfast at home. And one of the things that Amber and I both loved doing was going out for breakfast. That was one of our things that we did together was go out for breakfast because we both worked so hard and long hours that we didn't get time for dinners generally to go out and we didn't spend lunch times together, so we did breakfast together. Um, but breakfast has become a ridiculously expensive you know, exercise these days. So I, um, I would have said to myself, don't. Spend money on smashed avocado and a latte. Like I would have, I would have said that for sure. You know, I have a bit um, of a life ban. Just as you, I just put a little pause here. I do want to, I want to find out more, but I have a bit of a, a life ban of breakfast in the Pierce family for kids because they don't enjoy it, and they're always wanting the food to arrive straight away. And yeah. as soon as it arrives, they don't want it, and then they want to go, and yeah. they want to go yeah. to a playground or something, and you just yeah. want to sit there and have your breakfast that yeah. you paid. I thought of you the other day actually because I was having. Um, breakfast and yeah. a latte with yeah. Charlie Arnott, dear friend, oh, yeah. awesome. 100 Not Out guest. And I Legend. paid, well, actually, Charlie paid because he <clears> wanted to <throat> shout. Charlie paid, you will hate this. And I had talked about you and this. $6, I ordered scrambled eggs with a side of bacon and avocado. Yeah. I got half an avocado was the side, was the serving, and it was $6. And I said to Charlie, You've just paid $12 for an avocado because they've given me half. I said, if Damo was here right now, he would probably punch a hole in the window. Yeah, it's a disgrace. the plate on the ground in yeah. disgrace. Um, yeah. But yes, okay, so less, less smashed avocado. I've got a couple of questions on, on this for you here. More time at home or like less time out, but more experience at home. Um, less frantic. Uh, lifestyle. Yeah. What else does a uh, fifty-year-old say to forty-year-old? This is so good. Well, PC, I, I would say uh, definitely get fitter faster. So, nice. um, I would say start running earlier rather than later. And you know, having looked after all kinds of people, you know, at all different age groups, so single-digit ages all the way into like the double digits from say ten all the way through to nineteen, then twenty through to thirty, thirty through to forty. And so on and so forth, all the way up to 90, actually all the way up to 100. The one thing that I can confidently say, which I didn't know when I was 40 and I didn't agree with when I was 40, was that the fitter you are, the more likely you are to have um, less morbidity. Mm. Um, and so I now see that and I 100% agree um, that it's far better to be fit um, and healthy than just healthy. Um, so it's uh, that's something that I that I I reflect on all the time. And I think, oh, when I found it easier to build muscle, why didn't I capitalize on that? You know, rather than waiting. So that's a massive one, and it does go to the very heart of movement trumps nutrition for quality longevity. Uh, and the world is still somewhat obsessed with putting all their eggs in the nutrition basket. And yeah. when you say fitter faster, you mentioned running like almost immediately. Is that because that's something that's come up for you? I know you've torn hamstring off the bones and uh, ripped calves <laughs> and, done that. in attempting to keep up, put a bit of mayo on that one. But, um, mm. you know, 
running is a thing for you, but you've all you're also very you know strong in in other areas. But you mentioned running. Is that because just that's what you're doing at the moment, or are you? I just think that running is a great activity to do when you're time poor, because um, you just literally chuck on some runners and you just run. Like and then you come home and and then you're done, so it's it's just so easy to do. Like there's it doesn't get any easier than that. You mentioned whilst we were in Athens, I remember this when we were getting ready to go to Ikaria this year. You mentioned a book that you'd read or been listening to called The Comfort Crisis. Yes, and I listened to an episode with the author of that book, whose name escapes me, on um another podcast called Diary of a CEO, and he mentioned. Uh, so either in in comfort crisis or his new book, which I think is called Scarcity Brain, that humans or hunter gatherers uh, at our core have only really been well, well, not only were built to do two movements really well. One of them was running long distances at a slow pace, mm-hmm. uh, because when an animal got tired and couldn't regulate their body temperature like a, a human could, we would catch up and we would um, be able to kill the animal. And then because the animal may have run a long distance, um, we also develop the art of being good at lifting things and carrying them a long distance. Um, Mm. And, you know, to your point there in terms of running, it's almost like an innate nutrient that if we don't harness it or honor it, um, and I think what you're saying is if we lose it too quickly, it's harder to get back um, if it's not something that we've been doing regularly throughout our lives yeah totally and then the other thing is too that when you don't do something as simple as running um you start to try and want to do things that are more complicated like f45 or crossfit or you know any of those sorts of high intensity um type exercises to kind of it's almost like a biohack back into fitness that's um, interesting. Uh, you know, because you, you go, well, I can get my rig back if I go and do all this sort of stuff as opposed to, oh, well, I'll just go out for a run. Like if you don't learn to love running early, um, it's harder to learn to love it. That is really interesting. Um, yeah. And if anyone and, wants some, you go on there, And I was just going to say that, pro- you know, probably a great motivation and inspiration was Anna Liptak, you know, like just just the realisation that she wasn't a runner but then went on to, you know, build a program and a lifestyle and a life out of teaching people how to run. Uh, I think, you know, that's inspirational. And to know how she did it is just incredible. But I think you can only do that once you realise that going for a run is just something so simple and so easy. Um, Well said, mm. well said. For those people Mm. wondering, who is Anna Liptak? 100 Not Out, episode 527, 527. You know that off the top of your head. I've got Spotify here. Spotify's my best friend. Um, Episode 527, I Am Not a Runner with Anna Liptak. And also shout out to Sister Madonna Buddha, who started running age 48, only the oldest human being or female human being to complete an Ironman triathlon, uh, finishing at age 84. But she started running at 48, episode 82, amongst others. We've interviewed her a couple of times of 100 Not Out, if you're really resistant to the idea of picking up running later in life, those two episodes mm-hmm. will um, whet your appetite. I've got a few questions on on what you've already said. Are there other things that you would like to bring up in this conversation between 50-year-old demo and 40-year-old demo before I pepper you with a couple of questions? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, if I was to get a bit cynical, I'd say trust people less. Uh, well, so this is, that, this is I love this stuff. Yeah, I love this. So stuff. I would say have people earn your trust as opposed to trusting them first and then Just waiting for them freely, to let you down. Yeah. Is it like so, the age of innocence that is being replaced by the? I don't want to say because often a word I say too often it's not nice. I say jaded, but not meaning to say it's more like you're ju- more judicious with your trust. You don't give it away freely. Um, you're not cynical. You're not skeptical, but you also recognize as you get older, I'm assuming that it's in limited amounts or the consequences are dire. Like how do you say it without sounding, you know, negative about human beings? I think I probably now, well, I, I probably now realize that most people are in it for themselves. Mm. Um, it's unusual for somebody to want to do something that's altruistic, that benefits people in a win, win, win situation which is what you and I talk about all the time. We want this to be a win-win-win situation, you know, so everybody wins um, and no one's left behind. Most people aren't like that, which is a real shame. I think most people would think that they are, but when push comes to shove, I don't think that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not jaded. Uh, I'm just now, I've probably learned uh, that that's probably the way people are programmed. Um it's, it's just the way, It's just the way that most people are. Like most people are that way inclined. So, um, yeah, I definitely tell myself be really careful, um, trust people less, um, yeah. and uh, and yeah, and so I think that would that that would have helped me in the last decade from having my heart broken a number of times. Wow, wow, yeah, yeah that's a massive one. That's huge. Mm. Um, anything else for fifty-year-old day, matter forty-year-old? Um, I would say also. Enjoy every second and every moment with your children. Um, I would definitely say that. And one of, one of the great things I'm most proud of is a relationship I've got with Jackson, um, and I love that. Um, and because, you know, now that he's living away at, you know, he's 23 now, um, at 13 years old when I was doing, when we were starting this off, I was busy trying to do business. You know what I mean? Like I was trying to be busy in busyness and um, and trying to, you know, crack it and make things work. So, you know, if I was to go back at 50 to my 20-year-old self, I'd say stop stuffing around and get your ducks in order. Mm-hmm. Um, and by 30, I'd go, this is the decade to really cement your profession and to go really well at it. Um, so, you know, rather than waiting to your 40s. Um, so I always, I've always felt that I'm 10 years behind. So, um, I would just say, just get a few things going, um, earlier. And so I wish so my 60 year old self, especially given that time travel is probably going to be possible in 10 years time. I would, I would love it for my 60 year old self to come back now and tell me what I need to know, uh, at 50 through to 60. That'd be the best. Oh, that's fascinating. Cause I definitely feel like, yeah, uh, you know, at 42, I'm like, right, get your ducks in a row. You know, it's taken you 20 years to get the training wheels off. But at the same time, I would I would argue that most of the 50-year-olds that I speak to would say that the, 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 the decade of the 40s is the decade where you really get your ducks in a row. But we wish we did it in our 30s because yeah. it doesn't feel like we were that much younger. But there's an interesting life adventure there. All right, this is so fascinating. I hope everyone else is enjoying this as much as I am. I've got a question. You mentioned the franticness that you um, you recognised 
because I feel like you've done such a great job at simplifying your life, which I think a lot of people want a more simple life and life feels complicated and complexity is the enemy of progress. It's difficult to feel at ease when life feels complicated. And I think you've done a really good job at, at mastering this. So my question is, when have our trips to Ikaria been a catalyst or a, you know, it's so slow over there and it's so simple. We might even argue it's too simple. <laughs> like it's so, ha, has the contrast of, it, it could be some other travels that you've done, but has it been Ikaria or some other form of contrasting experience that has given you this light bulb to simplify your life or do you feel like it's just been something that you've grown into um, as you've got older? Well, I reckon uh, that's a great question, PC, because I reckon that the the podcast has opened my eyes to a lot. And I think um, Ikaria and Sardinia has enabled me to put the principles of what we've learned in our podcast into action. So you've, I actually have had an opportunity um, to witness what it is that we've learned in the flesh. You know what I mean? So uh, going to Ikaria and going to Sardinia, I feel like I've watched the lessons from 100 Not Out play out um, in real life. Uh, and so that's that's been really good. So where, say, we interviewed Dexter Kruger, for example, and we wonder how the heck did he get to that age um, driving a tractor and having sausages and ice cream? Like how, how, how do we, how do we witness that? And so we witnessed that um, in Ikaria and in Sardinia because it's not like their diet is, you know, kale smoothies and smashed avocado and um, chia seed puddings and all that sort of stuff. Like that's not that's not what their nutrition is. You know, it's pretty basic. Like it's super basic. It's Mediterranean, which we've spoken about, but it's it's pretty basic. Um, I also, you know, I, I feel like I through my forties, I felt like I needed to chase one hundred, so I could have had the the handle. Um, on Instagram, chasing 100, um, but that's my mate. He's chasing the top 100 golf courses. But I could have had chasing 100 um, in terms of age. But now, what I want is a long and full and fulfilling life. Um, so it, I feel like if I make it to 100, which I'm still pretty certain that I'll make it to 100. But if I make it to 100, I still want to. I want to feel really good. And having seen people drop off the perch at say 98 or 99 or 97 or 81 or whatever it is, but having lived a full life, I think that's pretty. That's actually pretty cool too. Oh, I love this. Love this. We are going to begin to wrap this up in a moment, but I want to just ask you a couple more questions. When you look into the next 50 years of your life, um, crystal ball for me for a minute. Uh, what do you see? You've you've done this for 50 years now. What do you see coming up for you in the future decades in your life, DJK? It's such a funny thing because at 50, and I was reflecting on this yesterday, um, you know, we had some 90-year-olds in the practice yesterday, and I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, like at 90, I might not be playing golf as well as what I am at the moment, um, and I might not be feeling as flexible and as limber as what I am at the moment. And at what point does it all stop? So, you know, while I'm doing my Pilates and doing, you know, other movement exercise and stuff, like I feel like I've still got movement and joint mobility and all that sort of stuff. And I was thinking to myself, 
At what point does that kind of start to fall away? When do I recognize that that's a little bit different? So it's really interesting because, I, like, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting space because most people um, are de- in decline from 40. Um, and I don't feel like I'm in decline. I'm certainly, I haven't recognized that I'm in decline uh, from 43 to 50. I feel better now at 50 than what I did at 40. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how I go at 60 to see how I'm feeling compared to what I was at 50, you know, when I'm 60. So I, I'm I'm really interested. I'm interested to know too when it is that I want to pull up stumps and retire. Like that's going to be really interesting. Um, is that going to be in five years' time? In which case I go, wow, do I not want to work for 45 years? Like that's a really weird thing. Um, and then what will I do? Uh, or is it going to be 60 or is it 65 or is it 70? Like it's a, it's a, such a fascinating thing. And then what I was, I was walking the other day on the golf course with a couple of, uh, a couple of guys, one guy was a retired emergency physician. Um, another guy uh, is a gastroenterologist who's kind of approaching retirement. And I said to them, how do you know when to retire? And the, the, the emergency physician said, well, I knew, when I wanted to retire because I just dreaded going to work. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah, I suppose, but I can't imagine ever dreading going to work. So, But I'm sure at some point he felt that he would never dread going to work. And the gastro said, yeah, I can kind of feel that happening. Like I feel like I don't want to have to go to work. And so that was his kind of signal um, that he was, you know, almost ready to retire. Both of them could retire financially, not a problem issue at all. Um, One of them already has, the other one not ready to do it yet. So, I'm interested to know when I pull the trigger on that. And at 50, it's something that I'm really thinking about. What is it? When is it that that's going to happen? So I always remember Charles Eugster, God rest his soul, who joined us on the podcast when I think he might have been 97. He he told us that he retired as a dentist at I think it might have been 72 um, because he thought he would die, you know, at 80 or 85. And he thought, I'll have, you know, 10 years of retirement. And then he, wow. he got into his mid-90s and he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm still here. I better start, you know, doing something. <laughs> and that's when he literally became like a personal trainer and yeah. you know, got really, really strong physically. And it's interesting where it's like longevity happens to people. Mm. Um, and now people like you and I are saying we have to prepare for the fact that, you know, you are a one in 5.5 chance to hit 100 statistically. Mm. Um, which is not Tats Lotto numbers. It's like you look around a dining table and it's like, oh, I could be the one here. Um, yeah, so like 20% you said, chance. They're, they're questions that you really, really, um, it's uh, interesting. All right, two, two mm. sentence enders to finish off and then we bid you happy birthday, um, DJK. As you hit 50, Damo, mm-hmm. what are you most excited about? Oh, that's a great question. Um I think I'm most excited about, gosh, what am I most excited about? I mean, I'm so excited about life, but I, I think I'm excited um, that we have a beautiful house and we've got some really great time and I'm and I'm excited about spending more time with Amber and getting over to see Jackson. So I think the, coming back to my values, one of my two highest priorities, it's Amber and Jack and Yes, I spend a lot of time playing golf and working, but in my downtime, I quite easily forsake golf and 
work to spend time with Amber and Jack. So I feel like in my 50s moving forward, I have more time to be able to do that. Love that. Most excited about family and might be the same answer here. Most grateful for. Oh, well, I'm most grateful for the lessons I learned when I was young. You know, so I still go back to, you know, Papa. And, you know, I'm so grateful for the lessons that he taught me about being a man. Um, I'm really grateful for my family and my close friends. And, of course, that'll be the celebration that I have um, this Saturday, like celebrating with my really close friends and family. Um, the 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 support that I've received over, you know, the first 50 years of my life. So that's it's a it's a it's a big deal. That so I'm looking forward to that and, and I'm grateful for it. Oh, I'm looking forward to it as well, Damo. Happiest of happy birthdays to you, great man. You are just a beautiful human being, one of the absolute greats of the species that have actually come out into this world. We love you so much and uh wish you Happy 50th on behalf of all the 100 Not Out community that have listened to you over the years, the millions of people that listen to this every week and may not have met you in the flesh but love you like a brother or a son. Maybe maybe they have a crush on you as well. You never know, Domo. Oh, I'm but- open to that. I'm open to that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so and much. I, and I say that because I know that Amber would never listens to the podcast, so I say that because I know she never <laughs> I love it when people go, you're just like a brother to me, Marcus. I'm like, we've never met, but I totally get it too. Yeah. Um, so, yes, no, thank you so much, Damo, for being who you are. We absolutely love you and truly great man. May the rest of your life truly be the best of your life. Thank you, Piercy. Thank you. To all of our listeners, thank you for joining us on this special episode of 100 Not Out. And until next week, make sure the rest of your life continues to be the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.